Makers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona State University. Yeah, we kick off the 9 o'clock hour, day three of Newsmakers Week. ASU, our focus. And we are joined on the Arizona Sports Line by the uh, Vice President of University Athletics, Athletic Director Ray Anderson of Arizona State University. Good morning, Ray. It's been a while. Thanks for checking in. We appreciate it. Yes. Hope you fellas are doing well. Remember when you used to come in the studio and hang with us, Ray? Those were the good old days, man. <laughs> yeah, they were the old days, to be sure. <laughs> Notice he didn't say good. <laughs> uh, Ray, well, just a big overarching. Obviously, there's been changes in, in a lot of the programs with, with ASU, most notably the hiring of Kenny Dillingham, which I think has re-energized the fan base. But when when you look for, from your office over you know the, the width and the breadth of, of ASU Athletics. How are you feeling about things right now? We're very positive uh, about the way forward. Uh, certainly Kenny Dillingham uh, is a, a, a big uplift for us and a lot of energy and excitement. Uh, but we look across the board and see that we've got the number one ranked women's, uh, excuse me, men's swimming and diving with Bob Bowman. You got uh, Willie Bloomquist off to a great start in baseball. You got uh, Megan Bartlett in uh, softball. You got a wrestling team uh, ranked. You got our men's and women's golf teams ranked. Uh, men's basketball ball. Uh, hopefully he's going to get on a late charge and get into the uh, tournament. Uh, and so overall, we got gymnastics doing well, water polo. So overall, our uh, athletic department uh, is healthy, but always positioned uh, to get better, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, the excitement of, of the youthful approach of Kenny Dillingham, who obviously is very well integrated with, with all things ASU, how do you see that um, making an impact? How, how do you perceive what's happening so far very very positively and that was uh, deliberate and by design very frankly we knew we needed to get younger and more energetic uh, you know the college landscape in the last three or four years has changed uh, and we needed a youthful coach who could really relate uh, to the new era student athlete as we call them uh, along with being very knowledgeable and, and confident about navigating all the changes in the landscape uh, and Kenny uh, being 32 but way more advanced in terms of his intellect and his understanding of the landscape uh, was just an ideal uh, selection for us. Uh, and we also knew, because he made it very clear, that uh, bringing uh, other Arizona-rooted coaches and senior folks back into uh, the community would be real important to our desire to essentially go own Arizona in terms of the football recruiting and, as he says, activating the Valley. So uh, very excited that uh, he is following through very, very uh, confidently on that plan, uh, on that concept. So thus far, uh, I think he's doing a wonderful job. We're undefeated. Uh, and so we're feeling pretty good about ourselves now. <laughs> that is irrefutable. Uh, Ray Anderson, uh, Vice President of Athletics for Arizona State University, our guest here on Newsmakers Week. Um, and you mentioned it came up a lot, obviously in the hiring of Kenny Dillingham, 32 years old, but mature beyond his years, even though he doesn't have that head coaching experience. And I think there's probably a lot of, of people in your position, Ray, that when hiring a head football coach for a Power 5 job wouldn't consider seriously a 32-year-old. What was it specifically about Kenny Dillingham that let you, um, you know, wash away those concerns maybe over age or inexperience? 
Well, you know, he was here for uh, two years early uh, while I was here, so I got a chance to get to kind of see and, and know who he was from afar. Uh, and then you see what he did uh, when he went off to Memphis and then to uh, Auburn and Florida State and then to Oregon. Uh, but you, you then dig into his background, all that he did here as such a young uh, man with high school football here and how well-regarded he was in the local community. Uh, and then when you really followed and talked to a lot of folks, which we did, uh, they described him as someone who was a lot older than his 32 years. Uh, and very frankly, I call Rob Mullins up at Oregon, uh, the athletic director up there, as we were considering Kenny. Uh, and he he was he was uh, very disappointed that uh, we were going to potentially come after his guy, but was very, very complimentary. And the thing he said is, he's not 32, right? He's a lot older than 32. His maturity here, the energy, the intellect he's brought here uh, has been real. So as much as we'd hate to lose him, you would really be getting uh, a, a, a head coach who has got much more experience than his 32 years, even though he hasn't sat in the seat. So we had a number of feedbacks like that uh, that gave us comfort. All right, Ray, what can you uh, what can you tell Sun Devils fans and alumni in the Valley about with the state of this conference and where this whole thing is going? I, I mean, anybody who's been following the cycle of news, you, you, you see the warning signs and all that kind of stuff. And yet we just had Jerry Colangelo and Michael Bidwell in studio, and they're talking about all the innovation and all the growth coming to this market. It would seem to me that this market would be very, very appealing to, to somebody in terms of, of a network rights deal. How are you managing this, and where is this all going from an ASU perspective? Well, we're managing it by uh, being patient and, and, and letting uh, the process with our new commissioner essentially take its course. Uh, and it's been challenging and it's been frustrating. Uh, I don't think anybody can uh, uh, deny that. Uh, and so we've had to be patient because, very frankly, we're not in control. We certainly believe in the value of this market and certainly the value that ASU as an institution brings to uh, the Pac-12 conference and, and certainly to the the overall uh, conference scene, uh, but we've just been forced, like everyone else, unfortunately, to let this thing play out because we're not directly uh, in the driver's seat. Uh, that being said, we have confidence that uh, our commissioner uh, and our presidents and chancellors are going to get to a place where a media rights deal and a grant of rights is done. Uh, and it, it may not be the projections originally contemplated, but uh, will be a solid enough financial uh, situation to keep this conference together uh, and then uh, really working hard to move forward positively. Positively, but no question, guys, it's been a very challenging uh, eight or ten months since we had the declaration from USC and UCLA this summer that they were leaving. Uh, and then the media rights landscape kind of uh, was all over the place. Uh, and we're the last standing in terms yeah. of conferences trying to get it. Uh, but we'll get we'll get it done. I'm confident of that. In terms of uh, getting it done, Ray, have, have there been any assurances from the from the Pac-12 offices of when that might come down, uh, we know where you know the Pac-12 is in the, in the last year of media rights on their current contracts. Like you said, uh, last conference standing at this point. When when can we expect some movement on that? 
You know, assurances is a very strong world. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. Uh-huh. Guarantees, assurances. Uh, uh, can you promise? <laughs> I can't. I I can't speculate. Uh, but certainly, uh, we're all anxious uh, to have something resolved here in the next couple three weeks, so we can uh, take next steps uh, and 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 get some of this speculation uh, out of the air with regard to you know what other conferences may be thinking in terms of. Uh, trying to pick off back uh, 10 teams, if you will, and speculation about what we may be doing in terms of adding institutions. Getting the media rights deal solidified will then clear the air for figuring out some of that other stuff. So we're anxious, and we're hoping in the next two or three weeks uh, we've got something to move on. Ray, thanks so much for uh, making some time for us on Newsmakers Week. We know it's a busy time for you, so we appreciate the time. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Ray Anderson, Arizona State University Vice President of University Athletics, joined us for Newsmakers Week 2023. Uh, As always, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at all times at 620-620. Coming up next, we'll stay on the college front. We'll shift our focus to GCU. The president, Brian Mueller, will join us for Newsmakers Week. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now we continue Newsmakers Week 2023. It's been a busy day, and we continue that busy day with an in-studio visit from the president of Grand Canyon University, Brian Mueller, who joins us here in the Auction Community Studios. President Mueller, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. How are uh, how are things in the land of the Lopes these it, days? Things are going really, really well. You know, 10 years ago, we had 900 students on campus. We started this year with almost 26,000 students on campus, and <laughs> we're going to build the campus out to 50,000 students. Our online program's grown to 90,000 students students. And so uh, things are going really, really well for us. Uh, and, um, you know, interestingly enough, because we because financially things are going well, we have uh, money to put into a lot of the other things that make college college, uh, music, theater, dance, debate, and a Division One athletic program. It's doing really, really well. So uh, things are going well. Yeah, that's great. So now I we, we know that from day one, sort of the, the reimagination of GCU was going to kind of be built around, well, many things, but the basketball program was going to be something. and So give us all an update on Bryce Drew and the Lopes and, and where they stand and where this is all at. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're in a good place. Uh, our conference has, we've worked really hard at our conference. Uh, we were the 30th out of 32 conferences a number of years ago. We're now ranked 11th. Uh, the Western Athletic Conference is a, a huge resurgence. We, we, we got some schools from Texas, from, uh, from Utah, and we're now the 11th ranked campus in the country. And so the strength of our conference, the second best uh, uh, mid-major conference in the country now from a basketball standpoint has put us in a good shape. Now, we're not doing as well this year as we, we hoped. You know, we were in a national tournament two years ago. We missed by a couple seconds last year. We'll probably finish third in the league this year, uh, but things are set up uh, to have a big recruiting class next year. We've done really well from an NIL standpoint. I mean, it's great to be in Phoenix, Arizona, a fifth largest uh, city in the country, fast-growing economy. There's companies lining up that want to uh, use our players, and so we're really good from an NIL standpoint in, in a very good position uh, from a Phoenix standpoint. And so we expect to have a huge recruiting year this year uh, and to get to the top of our league next year and stay there. Uh, 
In terms of uh, results this year, you mentioned you expect the, the Lopes to finish third in the conference. Uh, we know the Western Athletic Conference is usually a, a one-bid conference for an NCAA tournament uh, invitation. H- how do you size up uh, Bryce Drew and his team's chances to, to go in and, and win that tournament and claim another spot? You know, we're, we're not deep. Uh, we, we had some things happen this year. Um, uh, we're only seven or eight deep, but we shoot the ball really well. Uh, we've had some really good wins, uh, and uh, you it's it's uh, Las Vegas is uh, we're gonna we're gonna travel well to Las Vegas. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we will have a great support system, and and if you know you get on a little bit of a roll, the shot start shot go, uh, shot start going in. We're good enough to do it. Yeah, we're we're really good enough to do it, and so we're looking forward to it, and um, we'll see. You mentioned the turnout you'll have, and and we're talking to Brian Mueller, the uh, president of Grand Canyon University. The turnout that you'll have, we know the Havocs. You know, they show up at home, but they travel as well. I'll admit it; I haven't been to a game at GCU Arena in a couple of years. But I was just talking to somebody recently, and was comparing notes with them, and and my experience in going to games while my son was a student there it blew me away. Just the support that you get. This person said it's even better now. How could it have gotten better over this time? Yeah, the student body keeps growing, and there's a culture that exists at the university that just is supportive of everything that we do. You know, Monday mornings we have chapel. We get 7,000 kids in chapel. We have all we're a We're an event-driven university organization. It's a very, very strong community, and uh, basketball is kind of at the epicenter of it, and, and uh, once we get to where we want to be, which is a top 50 program in the country, and I think we can get there next year, it's going to, the place is going to explode. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely going to explode. Now, we got 18,000 students with li- that live within a four-minute uh, four walk of the arena. You know, we've built 30 residence halls. It's grown from wow. you know, 1,000 students on campus to, well, 26,000, but 18,000 <laughs> live on campus. And so, it's just a, and, and basketball in Arizona is ripe for uh, making it an event. Mm-hmm. The weather is perfect. Uh, we have all kinds of things going on three hours before the game starts. Uh, people show up very early and and so it's just it's, it's a basketball game but it's more of an event mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, our, our student leaders run the student section and they come up with incredible kinds of things um, we, we had three universities attend our game that was televised on Saturday just because they wanted to see how we do it and why it works and they're trying to do the same thing at their institution so uh, it's a big part of our program yes. now the basketball team's not the only program ascending we had talked before we came on air here about the baseball program Program and the job that Greg Wallace or Wally, as you call him, is happening to do. Tell us about them. Uh, it's exciting. It is so exciting. I, I, if you're out there and you want to have a, a great evening or afternoon, uh, go to our website. Take a look at the baseball schedule. This we've made the national tournament the last two years, uh, and this year uh, Jacob Wilson. Remember that name. Jacob Wilson is our shortstop. His dad, Jack Wilson, played for the Pirates, mm-hmm. three-time All-Star. Played for him for 12 years. Lightly recruited out of high school. He burst on the scene his sophomore year, made the USA team, um, and uh, his first team All-American this year. He's probably going to be drafted somewhere between 1 and 10 in the first round of wow. the MLD draft this year. Wow. If you like baseball and you want to see a kid that can play shortstop at a very, very high level, uh, come out and watch. We played uh, Tennessee 
home opener on Saturday. They're ranked second in the country. They threw their ace. Uh, unbelievable night. Sold out crowd. Perfect weather. Uh, we uh, we were down four to two, uh, and we scored a run in the sixth to make it four to three. And all of a sudden, I look up, and our ace who didn't start the game is on the hill. And I'm thinking, Greg is he pushed all his chips right into the middle of the table, man. We're going for this thing. And uh, the kid, uh, his name is Danny Avita. He was raised three blocks from Grand Canyon. This is a great, great story. Uh, he was pitcher of the year in the WAC last year. He's preseason All-American. This year he throws in the mid-90s. Uh, his dad worked on our arena, actually, when we were building it. So this kid comes on. Uh, we score a run. He shuts him down in the seventh. We score a run in the seventh to go ahead. And he shuts him down in the eighth and ninth. And we beat the wow. second-ranked team in the country uh, Saturday night. What a great moment. That's awesome. It was a great, great moment. And a homegrown moment, too. That's great. That, you, you, I thought he might start the game, and he didn't start the game. So I thought, you know, he, yeah. he's going to be second in the rotation. And when I saw him standing on the mound <laughs> at, in the seventh inning, I thought, oh, my, the rotation for the rest of the weekend, because we had to play Michigan and Michigan State the next two days. <laughs> the rotation's all screwed up now. He, we got to win this game. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. and and we did. So uh, Brian Mueller, our guest in studio for, for Newsmakers Week. And when you look at it, um, and, and I know you've been inundated with questions over the years about, you know, with the growth of GCU, people wondering about a football program. And I don't know if that's possible. But when you look at the next five years in terms of athletic growth at Grand Canyon, what do you see? You know, the uh, getting started in football, you got to – there are so many things that you have to give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, – if you think about the, the mid-major programs in the country that have good football and good basketball, there's not a lot of them. Uh, you know, and, and, and so we think of uh, Gonzaga yes. and, and you know, would you rather be Gonzaga or would you rather be North Dakota State? You know, um, it has a pretty good football. And pretty, yeah, I'd rather be Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I've gone to the, the Final Four the last five or six years with Mr. Colangelo. He gets seats right in the first, right in the first row. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Uh, it's right, yeah, it's amazing how that works. <laughs> but I I look up there and I, I see 80,000 people in there and I see another whatever it is, you know, millions of people on TV all over the world. And I think this event to get to the final four uh, with millions of people Googling Grand Canyon University yeah. in March and seeing swimming pools and, and uh, palm trees. And uh-huh. uh, it's just to, to make it in basketball. What you can do for the institution is 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 so much greater than you can uh, with football unless you can get in the top 20 or 25 in football. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that is mm-hmm. a lot of money. So I think we're on the right track. You know, our, our two soccer programs made it to the national tournament a year ago. Uh, our baseball program has been in the national tournament two years in a row. Basketball was there a, a year ago. Softball is really, really good. Our facilities are all almost all on campus, right in the middle of campus. They're brand new facilities. And our ability to build a lot of interest in our programs uh, as a result of that, as we grow to 50,000 students, um, you know, I, I'm just really, really excited about the, uh, about the next five years. Um, uh, NIL is is uh, something that um, is actually a good thing. I mean, you watch what happens in college basketball the next five years. Kids aren't leaving because you can make more money in college than you wow. can make by going to the G League. Yeah. Uh, wow. Best example, uh, the kid for Gonzaga, Tim's, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, he was going to be a second round draft choice. He was going, but that's an $80,000 G League job. Yeah. You know, they came up with NIL money for him. Or somebody came up with NIL money for him. He stayed. So college basketball is going to have a renaissance. 
because kids are going to stay. The quality of the game is going to get better because kids are going to be staying three, four, five years versus coming in and, wow. and, and, and leaving. And so uh, I think college basketball is going to take off. I think we're in the exact right place. We got the right coaching staff. We got the right environment. We're in the right city. Uh, and so we're really excited about yeah. where this thing's going. That's a great point. President, Good stuff, Brian. Yeah, President Mueller, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Best of luck with everything out there. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Brian Mueller, the president of Grand Canyon University, our guest on Newsmakers Week. And we continue Newsmakers Week. Back to the ice. Arizona Coyotes head coach Andre Torrini joins us in studio next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, the Yotes, a tough one last night. Saw their nine-game point, uh, point streak come to an end with a loss to the Calgary Flames. But uh, our next guest is like, no big deal. I'm still getting up and going in studio to uh, to chat yeah. with, with Bickley and Murata. Andre Turney, the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, joins us in studio here for Newsmakers Week. Coach, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, things were looking good last night. Uh, you know, things got away from you. But yeah. let's focus on the nine-game point streak. I mean, progress being made. you got goals scores stepping up and, and being comfortable in those roles. You've had some great goaltending from a couple of different guys. I mean, just talk about where the team is right now. Well, I think we... Uh, the, 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 the reality is we had a really, really tough schedule when uh, before the All-Star break we played 15 and 26. Uh, before that, we, like every, people know, we play 20 of 24 games on the road to start a season. Yeah. So at some point, you, you get wear down a little bit. And the All-Star break arrived at the perfect time for us. We had a had a chance to recharge. I've eight days off. So uh, by the time we came back, we uh, we were a different team. We uh, our energy was different, and and it's our number one currency: our energy, our drive, our passion, and that's the type of team we are. So uh, we came from came back from the break, refresh, energize, and that showed in the result. Our resiliency. We came, we had a few comeback in games, and we never quit. So uh, I think. Like, like you mentioned, we scored timely goal and we had great goaltending as well. I, I believe the last three times that Donor has been on our radio show, and as Rich just told you, he's on every week with us, he has just raved about you as a head coach. So you've got a lot of that. you got a lot of momentum behind you, Bear. <laughs> but I'm asking you because it, it occurs to me that it, it can't be easy to build a real culture without the gratification of results and success. And, and you've been on a heater. Yep. And and so you've had a you've had some success, but but this isn't the easiest thing to do to build up while you're still incurring a lot of losses along the way. So what's your philosophy? How are you making this happen? Well, we make sure right from the get go, from day one, we focus really on performance. And and at the beginning, it doesn't sync really well with the player because they're professional athletes. They work all their life to get in that league and to get results. And so when you start to talk about performance, Performance and performance takes a little bit of time for the player to take a little. Uh, I won't say pride, but to uh, to kind of a get feel rewarded by a, a great performance. And uh, I think now we that my point is this is the only way you can get consistency. 
If you focus on the result, you play a bad game, you win. Now you think, okay, that's the standard. But you play the same way the next day, you're not even close to win. You just that that's the that's the truth about sports. You never know about the end result. Sometimes uh, you can score a, a, not a lucky goal, but a, a, be really opportunistic on on a few situations in the game, and and the opponent maybe play a bad game, and you get away with a win. But in reality, if you're satisfied about that, you lie to yourself because it was not a good performance. And at the reverse, it's the same way. You play maybe at a really good game. You lose two ones. You, you hit three posts and you had the momentum. You did a lot of good things. But now you get mentally really uh, affected by the fact, oh, we lost Why? You, it's because you don't maybe take the right angle to look at the game. So you need to take an angle at looking really at the performance, the effort, the, the, the focus in the game, those kind of things. And then, now you start to evaluate your game in the right way, and that's the way you can get some consistency, and that's the way you can get better as well, because sometimes you you score five goals, you think, oh, we're really good offensively. No, we were not. We right. were just a fortunate stick. We had ten scoring chances, we scored five, and now we think we're flying high. If we play the same way tomorrow, we won't score any. Yeah. So, you need to make sure you focus on the right thing, and knowing, okay, today we had 17 scoring chances, we generate really good scoring chance. Played a good game. We score only one goal. Yeah, tomorrow we'll play the same game. We will score three, four, five. So you need to focus really on performance. I think every team has to do that. But in our situation, we're a young team rebuilding. It's even more relevant. It's it's what's matter because if you start focusing on the result, you, the, the fact you're in rebuilding situation, even when you have a good performance, doesn't mean you will win. Yeah, which right. Other team, Colorado, Tampa Bay, those kind of team. If they play well, they they expect the result yeah, because right. they're that good. Andre Turney, the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, joining us in studio for Newsmakers Week. We had Bill Armstrong in studio earlier this week, and I had asked him how far along is this rebuild, and he said it's about forty percent. Which, you know, the, the focus then goes on to a motivator, a head coach such as yourself, and it seems like the results are are, are slowly coming. But from your standpoint, Standpoint. Where do you view the belief level in, in your team, the, the cornerstones that are going to be here when the Coyotes are a playoff team again? And how hard was it to uh, to, to achieve that level of belief from those guys? You know, the, I said that yesterday after the game. Our team really believe in themselves. People uh, ask me as how great it was for the confidence that, that, that streak. It was good, but it was not for us kind of a, that's unbelievable. No, we believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We know we can win games. We know we can be a good team. The matter of fact is because we're rebuilding, we need 20 guys to have their A game. And if we have that, we can beat anybody Mm -hmm. any given night. But in reality, in life, to have here at the station, do you have 20 people today who will have their A game? It's really tough. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to have your A game right. all together at the same time right. every second day. We it, try to get a C minus from that guy back there. <laughs> yeah, you, you get it sometimes. <laughs> and that, sometimes that's a, yeah, right. Sometimes, hey, about twice a month. Yeah. That's, a, so, that's a passing so that's, grade. That's the truth, you know. <laughs> you sound like my kid now. Yeah, yeah, no, it is the truth. Yeah, yeah it is the truth. So it, it's. It's just that was a challenge. But the boys in the room know we have really good young players. They believe in themselves. The veterans are really good. They're good veterans. They're 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 
help the culture, they help the growth. They've been through a battle scar in their in, in their professional life. They help the young guys. We like our group. We know we need everybody to have their A game, though, and we know we 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 need to strive to be better, have better, more asset in the future, and all of it. But uh, for us. Uh, who are in the trenches? Yeah. What's important is today. It's not what will happen in four years, what will happen in five years, what will happen in two years. Right. It's today. What can we? How can we win the day today? And we keep the focus really, really narrow. We don't look at what will happen in a week. That's a lifetime in a week. It's yeah. today. What Bill, can we do? Bill was talking the other day about how he decided to pl- pay a surprise visit to Logan Cooley when yeah. when they played at <laughs> Penn State, and he saw him after the first intermission, and and it was like, oh wow, the guy who drafted me is here, and he went on and scored five points in the next ten minutes. <laughs> Talk about your relationship with Bill. Are you guys? Uh, do you vi- Are you that close? Is this a special pairing in terms of head coach, general manager? Yeah, we we have a really good relationship. We're, we value. Uh, the same kind of uh, style in the game. We value toughness. We value intensity. We value a lot guys who are driven, who really wants to be better, really wants to push the envelope. I will say, uh, last year, first year together, we were talking a lot. We had a lot of discussion. I think now it's, it's smoother in the sense of, I know what he wants, he know what I want, he, he, he trusts the fact uh, the, how I work and everything, and I tr- I know what he's trying to do. I tr- he doesn't have to tell me every day what's going on. He, we, we have a, a good understanding of each other, so so the, the relationship is, uh, is, is good. I was curious, too, uh, to get your thoughts on, on coaching at Mullet Arena. Uh, there's yeah. been a little bit of mullet magic with you know mm-hmm. some of the top teams coming in and maybe not knowing what to expect, and you've notched some wins. I mean, you beat Boston, you beat Colorado, you beat Tampa Bay. Do you get feedback from, from other coaches, your counterparts around the league, on, on their experience in playing in that environment? That, that's funny because this summer I had all the feedback in the world where I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> and, and now I have all, all, the, all the, the reverse. It's, wow, it's... It's, it's unbelievable. I never expected that. And, and I will be honest, it's the same for me. When, mm-hmm. For first game, when I went behind the bench, I was kind of a... I, it's pretty damn cool. I, yeah. was, I was kind of a... Okay, I... I knew it would be new arena, will be ambient, ambience and everything, but I, I did not know or was not ex- expected that level of uh, vibe in, in the arena. Mm-hmm. And, and even the player, the opponent now, they say, you know what? It's pretty cool. And, and <laughs> yeah. nobody expected that right. because of the size and everything. Yeah. And I think it, a little bit everybody's surprised. The facility, the, the visiting team loved it. They're, they're set up and everything. So, so uh, it went from uh, one 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 side of the the story to the other side yeah. now. Uh, so it's Amazing pretty positive. That worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, coach, thanks so yeah, much for coming. Thank you, Bear. In. You're great. Dude. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Best yeah. of luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks for your time, Andre Baratorini, the uh, head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, joined us for Newsmakers Week, and we'll wrap up our Thursday Newsmakers Week with uh, a visit from Phoenix Raceway President Latasha Causey. That is straight ahead here on Bickley Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. That Newsmakers Week rolls on on this Thursday, and we conclude our Thursday slate of interviews. Uh, and it's our pleasure to welcome in the uh, track president, Phoenix Raceway, Latasha Causey, uh, in studio here at the Auction Community Studios. Latasha, thanks so much for coming in. Great to meet you. Thank you so much for having and me. And a belated congratulations on, on, on your new position. Thank you so much. Um, only the second female track president in Phoenix Raceway history. Yes. Only, uh, and, and the first African-American female track Pioneer. president in NASCAR yes. history. Pioneer. Here, here. <laughs> Thank but you, you. are you're a Phoenix native, correct? I am a Phoenix native. Yes. Tell us about your your journey to get to where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, as you mentioned, a Phoenix native. I grew up actually in the West Valley, so my parents still live in the same house I was born and raised in, in that Maryvale corridor. Okay. Um. So the the raceway was essentially in our backyard. You know, you know, it's grown, so it's oh, yeah. it's not it's not in the backyard uh, anymore. But, um. So honestly, uh, Julie Geesey, who you mentioned at the at the top here, uh, about four years ago, she moved to. To, uh, Arizona, and we were on a panel together. And uh, you know, Ray Shea from the Business Journal said, "Hey, Latasha, you know, uh, there's this new female moving out here. She's, you know, the first female to run this raceway, and uh, she needs some community connections." And so we developed a really good relationship from there. And she let me into NASCAR. Uh, honestly, before meeting Julie Geesey four years ago, I'd never been to a race. So uh, even wow. though the, the, ra- the raceway was in my backyard, yeah. never been to a race, the racetrack. I mean, I heard it, knew that it was something, but didn't know what yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so Julie allowed me the opportunity to get into NASCAR and understand what it was and what it was about. And I will tell you, it was a lot different than uh, what I thought or what the TV says. Well, yeah, listen, and and the race has got such a tremendous place in the community, and yet you don't hear a, a lot about it. And then the race weekend comes, and then boom, yeah. you've got people camping there. You've got yeah. you're selling out, and you've got. So my point is, now you in this position, what, what kind of imprint do you want to make? Yes, yes. Well. Uh, a few things. One, I want people to know that they are welcome, right? I want uh, everyone to know that they're welcome. NASCAR has some of the most loyal fans. You just mentioned uh, people come in for the entire week. Um, not everyone, yes. but yeah. there are a lot of people that come in the entire week. We have our race coming up here in March, uh, March 10th, and people will be there on Monday, March 6th, uh, all the way until the following Monday. Um, so really for me, for my imprint, I want to be able to embrace those fans, the fans that are already there, um, but bringing in more fans, um, those that are of color. I'm unapologetic about that, making sure that, you know, there are people who look like me that are at the raceway um, and and just people of color in general. But kids, you know, that's one thing that's missing as well, especially kids of color. I just said I'd never been to the raceway um, and lived right there, right down the street. And I want uh, kids to know that there's so much to offer um, at the raceway collectively. Yeah. Fast cars, universal language, right? Yes. Speed. Everybody gets speed. Everybody gets speed. Uh, But it's sports, too, right? right. Being, Being able to be in the sporting industry, just so many. I think STEM. I mean, there's so many things that are associated with yeah. the, raceway, the raceway. Latasha Causey, the uh, track president of Phoenix Raceway, our guest here on Newsmakers Week. And I know you, you assumed your position after the, the championship weekend race yes. at, at Phoenix Raceway. I uh, got to observe, kind of soak it all in. You mentioned race weekend. The spring race is coming up in just a few weeks. It is. I know Phoenix Raceway is ready. I know the fans are ready. <laughs> How ready do you feel to, to, to tackle this? <laughs> I am ready. You know, uh, Phoenix, We I have a great team. You, we all know that, you know, as leaders, we wouldn't be where we are without our team. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Raceway has an amazing team established, individuals that have been there for a very long time. Um, so we are ready. I'm ready. I'm feeling really good, feeling really comfortable. Uh, we announced a new partnership with Walmart um, for the Walmart grocery store. We have over 5,400 campers that will be there on site. Oh, wow. um, yes, we have 300 acres of land for our campers to be there. There's a lot of people there, and we wanted to partner with someone like a staple like
like Walmart um, to provide them with what they need so that they don't have to leave that right. massive um, location. They just can be there to have a good time for the whole week. That's great. What yeah. do you think about it? There was a time um, I remember um, a while back when, when NASCAR seemed to have a nice cluster of stars at the top and it were kind of seeming maybe in a transition phase as far as that goes. I just read Jimmy Johnson was going to come back. He's racing again. Yeah. Or So your thoughts on the competitive nature of the sport. Where are, where are we at in NASCAR in terms of that? Yeah, well, you know, I think that, you know, uh, NASCAR is coming back in terms of uh, in terms of competition. I mean, like you just mentioned, we have um, drivers who are who are coming back. You have staple drivers like the individuals like the Jeff Gordons of the world who's still extremely involved with Hendrick Motorsports and uh, being involved in racing. Um, and so it's staples like those individuals that make the new generation um, relevant and help them with their, their generation of um, racing and all of those things. And I mean, I think you also have um, the young drivers, right, as well that yeah. are, 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 you know, developing and, and uh, making their way. I mean, an individual like a Raja Karuth. Um, Raja Karuth is a young uh, young driver who started on iRacing, right? That is a new day. That's a new thing um, that's coming and that's happening. Um, and so we have to get prepared and we have to be ready for this new day of, uh, of athletes and uh, drivers. Track president of Phoenix Raceway, Latasha Causey, our guest here on Newsmakers Week. In your position and once you get past race weekend, when you look to the future of Phoenix Raceway in your role, what, what do you view as some of the concerns, maybe some of the issues, some of the improvements you'd like to make uh, in, in your role? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you uh, one thing that, it, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like we need to make a ton of improvements. You know, the raceway was um, redone in 2018, yeah. Yeah. so the raceway yeah. is amazing. So the thing that concerns me is the fact that it is already top-notch, so uh, I feel like I'm going to have to continuously exceed expectations, and you know, that's hard to do. We we host the championship weekend mm-hmm. here. We've hosted the last two years. It's coming back this year. Uh, we haven't announced where it's going to be in 2024, but hopeful that it's still here in Phoenix. So each of those years, we have to continue to elevate, so we have to talk to the fans. We have to talk to the existing fans and the fans that are coming, and so for me, um, it's not a concern. It's a, we got to keep up with what's going on and make yeah. it even better yeah. every time. Yeah, and, and I know the diversity initiative is obviously very important to NASCAR because there does have to be a comfort level for minorities and for everyone to go to races and feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool here, right? Yes. So where are we in that? What? How do you want to affect that change? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that question. So, you know, NASCAR as a whole has done so many things like uh, Drive for Diversity, um, internal internship programs, all of these things from an internal um, perspective, but as well um, has really opened up the platform to others. And I think one of the things we all know, we're here at sports, one of the things that people do is they is followership, right? They start to follow um, other people. So you have individuals like the Michael Jordans of the world mm-hmm. that are, are involved in NASCAR. Um, you know, th- just this past weekend, I went to uh, Daytona. I just I mentioned that a little bit earlier. You had Brandon Marshall who was out there. You have individuals like that, it, you know, NFL players, NBA players, baseball players. Derek Jeter was there, right? I mean, you have right. just all of these people collectively that are there in the raceway. So others start to see that. They start to follow those individuals. Um, and I think that that's really important. When I saw Derek Jeter there, I'm like, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? This was his first one. Wow. And so it was the Daytona 500. And so, you know, I think being able to do things like that, getting the followership to let people know it is okay to be here um, is the biggest um, yep. is the biggest piece yep. and the biz- biggest aspect. That's a great point. Latasha, thanks so much uh, for nice joining meet us. You, great, Latasha. great to meet you. Thank Best of luck you. with race weekend. I and, hope, uh, you, I hope you guys are coming to the race. March and November. You guys, you're welcome to come. You don't have to work. Just come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you up now on that. Now you're speaking our language. Yes, no please. Work. I'd love to host you yeah. guys. Great to meet you. Thank you, <laughs> you so much too. and best of luck to, to, Thank to you. you. Uh, and that wraps up a very busy Thursday on Newsmakers Week. Thanks again to Latasha Causey for joining us.
Andre Turini, Brian Mueller, Ray Anderson, James Jones, Jerry Colangelo, Michael Bidwell, Deep Breath, Tori Lovello, and Monty Fort will wrap up a busy uh, Newsmakers Week tomorrow on the Friday edition. Don't go anywhere. Wolf and Luke up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.